Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway, also that way your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Before I fully dive into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, let's get into this past week. A lot of stuff going on, right? Uh, you know, it's... I did an episode last week, if you haven't caught it, you know, just how we can't separate ourselves from the humanity of things. And by that, I don't mean just kind of what's going on in Ukraine, because, you know, there's, of course multiple things happening all at once. There's the uh, humanitarian crisis in Yemen, right? That is still an ongoing thing, as well as, um, you know, things within our own home country and so forth. And the reason, um, you know, I think I talked a lot about that, how art has a place within the world and, you know, art helps shape the world. It holds up a mirror to the world. And not that every piece of art has to be political in that way, you know, just having something like, let's say, like a rom-com that's easy breezy for all intents and purposes, it gives us something to aspire to within our society, right? So that's the summation of what I talked a lot about last week. And one of the things, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that side of things because, you know, a lot of my thoughts are covered there. And quite frankly, you know, as far as anything happening within the world, there's far better sources than me to listen to, right? Uh, certainly, you know, for me, I, I really appreciate breaking points with um, Crystal and Sagar um, and various other sort of, uh, you know, podcasts, um, dissecting things and whatever else. Uh, also, like, I would encourage you to, uh, like for me, I'm following on Twitter, various Ukrainian journalists, so I get more of a direct source as to what's happening and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it, there's, there's ways to stay informed and not, uh, when it comes to that side of things, I'm not, you should not be coming to me for sources, you know. Uh, but the one thing I do want to kind of discuss, um, last week there was the State of the Union, and the one thing that I'm going to kind of break down, um, because I don't want to make this, you know, an analytical show in that sense of just the State of the Union, but the part about Russia in particular um, reminded me a lot of the scene in The Big Short. Specifically, if you're unfamiliar, um, there's a scene with Brad Pitt. Um, he's like this kind of investor, uh, hedge fund-esque guy, or used to be, and you know now he's out of the game, but these two guys, um, young guys, um, need his help in order to place bets essentially against the housing market. They're, hence why it's called the big short. You know, they want to bet against the housing market because they know the inevitable is going to happen. And doing so will earn them, you know, millions upon millions of dollars. And so they, they do this. And, you know, the two young guys, they're dancing. They're like, hell yeah, yes, we did it. And Brad Pitt stops him. He's like, don't, don't effing dance. Don't dance. And they're like, what? We just, you know, like, we're feeling good. Like, we're going to make a lot of money. And, he's, and he basically gives this really 
impassioned speech about, you know, why he hates the banking system because it reduces people down to numbers. And then he gives them a statistic of, of I forget exactly what it is, but it, it basically like, you know, just if like 1% of the stock or something like that goes down, uh, 40 40,000 people end up homeless or something, something to that effect. Like, don't quote me on that, but it's something pretty egregious in that vein. And so he says, like, listen, it did what you needed to do, but don't dance. And what that means to me is, like, don't don't gloat. Like, do what you got to do, but don't gloat. And so when I look at kind of the sanctions and what's happening, yes, um, I'm not going to argue whether they're uh, needed or not, but I will say, like, just don't gloat because then that's only going to create resentment in general. Um, because, you know, a natural byproduct of any sanctions is that, like all things, the, the, the poorest people end up suffering the most. And so that's why I don't gloat. Um, and it felt, it, not that it was like a, you know, scene from 300 chest pounding and stuff like that, but I just, you know, it, it felt very much like us versus them again, and like, yay, look at what we're doing, and pride, 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 and I just, I just, that, that rubbed me the wrong way, if I'm being quite honest, so I didn't appreciate that, um, so there's that, um, I'm just giving my dog a toy, if you're watching on video, um, because otherwise she'll chew stuff that I don't want her to chew. Okay, so there's that. The other thing that I want to talk about is just refugees in general. And, you know, yes, there's um, a very big double standard of basically white refugees versus any other refugees. And they're both refugees. The white refugees get welcomed in with open arms. Um, The others do not, right? And that in many ways has to change, right? Um, And... Also, from, um, you know, from the perspective of just us as a nation, right, Um, whatever happens in the world, we can sort of, you know, the idea is America can be an example. And all this stuff about standing for Ukraine and things like that, and and even like European countries have done this, um, where, you know, I stand with Ukraine and things like that, but the question becomes... Are you going to be willing to stand with Ukraine or whatever other country, right? Um, this applies to anything. When, when those refugees need a place within your country, right? Um, and most of the time, that does not end up being the case, right? We resent refugees as if it's their fault uh, for fleeing their country and coming into ours. And the fact of the matter is no one ultimately wants to flee their country, Right? I don't care where you're from. Like that's that's the place you know. And as horrific as it may seem to anyone else, you don't want to leave your country. Um, and so we have to have grace and ultimately humanity for for refugees and, and really rethink how we help those people because it's too easy to be on the sidelines of I stand with X, Y, and Z, but then when the real test of actually being able to do something about it happens, you know, quite frankly, there's, you know, a lot of people that we, sh- we shut off our borders to, th- to them, you know, and, and we're okay with that. We applaud it because we don't want to deal with it. 
And so I'm not saying every problem is an American problem in that sense, but um, or just the world's, but again, <sighs> shaping the world for what we want. It's just that sort of humanity of it all, right? And really consider things a little bit more carefully, especially when we're for that ability for the most part, you know? Because um, let's be honest, uh, me being able to tape this and you being able to listen to this is uh, is a sign that our lives aren't that bad at all, right? Whatever may be happening, our lives are not that bad, ultimately. And it doesn't mean we have to sh- feel shame for that, but, you know, what are the ways we can help, right? And the little things multiplied by many people across time can yield great results, right? Um, and yeah, just kind of on the subject of this, there's um, there's an incredible movie called Come and See made by um, a former Soviet uh, director. I'm pretty sure it was the only movie he ever made because he essentially, like, he, he knew what he wanted to say and he did it. And it's an incredible movie that, like, you, you know... Uh, it's like one of the, regardless, like the, the biggest and best anti-war movie ever. Um, and it's quite interesting. So um, I'm not going to spoil it in any sense. It's about two and a half hours, but it is, it is beautiful. And it's called Come and See. It's available on the Criterion Collection. And um, yeah, it just kind of popped into my head as I was talking about all of this. So it wasn't like on the official agenda of things that I want to talk about but um it's a, it's a hard movie to watch so like if you're not ready for it please like you know here's your warning but um but if you tr- if 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 you're okay going deep and dark and um can can uh, can stomach the true realities of war like that is um that is that is a movie that is a movie anyway um Doing essentially a 180 from from that, um, going into completely lighthearted topics of what I've been up to creatively. Um, you know, uh, I had a test screening of of my film this past Friday with very just close friends and family. I just, you know, I've been essentially siloed off for months now, working on this and so forth, and so I wanted to you know, see where people stood with things. And, and it was great. It was amazing. It was just a, A, it was just a fun time to see my friends and family, or not family, but they feel like family sometimes, right? Um, but, to, but to be able to see people who I've not seen in a while and just have a meal and sit down and watch it and kind of show them what I've been up to, right? And it's amazing how much fun they had with it. And granted, they're my, my friends, right? So they were always going to be rooting for me. But A, I think we don't give that enough credit because it's like, at the end of the day, if your friends aren't going to be rooting for you, then what have you got, right? Like, it's such a lonely path, really, to be a creative. Um, that that just that, like, little, you know, when, when it just feels good when, when your friends are supporting you, right? Um so there was that, but also just in general, you know, as we're watching the movie, I was in awe of how fun 
and funny it really was, you know, and how much fun they had with it. And I don't, it's hard to fake that, you know, for anyone. Because I was watching them in those moments of, of really reacting and how they were perceiving everything and really interacting with the movie. And like I said, that's, it's, it'd be very difficult to like put on the sort of brave face of I'm enjoying it, right? Like I, I've been to screenings where, pe- where y- you just know the movie that you're presenting is shit, but you need feedback and you know the people watching it are not enjoying it at all. You know, they're confused, they're bored or whatever else. And this was not the case. And I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but overall, the fact that even in its current form, they were able to enjoy it, that was great. And that that was kind of a thing going into it mentally for me. You know, I was like, how much do I... Like, they all knew that this was going to be a rough cut and it's not the complete thing. But, I, you know, I was I was debating how much do I front load it in the sense of, like, hey, guys, the, the sound is very rough, obviously. The... Uh, the, the, there's no color correction, there's, you know, the score is temp, and there's parts where, like, literally, I'm, I record my voice to slot in for various parts that we didn't have recorded, um, and so, you know, in that regard, I was just like, you know what, let me just, they know it, and let me just make this experience as much as, about watching a movie on a Friday night as possible, and so, what I even did, I, I, played like, you know, I downloaded the AMC kind of pre-show thing, and then I showed a trailer of my my first uh, movie, right? And then and then you have like the Welcome to AMC, don't, don't text and whatever, and then you have the Nicole Kidman uh, little promo, and then you start the movie. And, you know, all in all, that ended up being about like four minutes out of the viewing experience, but just, you know, it's just like, just this perceived notion to put people like they were actually watching a movie, right? That as much as I could, that's what I wanted to put for them. And, and so that was good. They, they really enjoyed that. Um, and, it, and it set the tone in that way. And I didn't have to like do this whole preamble of, you know, please forgive this and please forgive that. Like, no, you know, just watch the movie as is. And if you can enjoy it in that current state, then we're onto something. And, and they did, right? So that, that was the, the great thing about it. And it was really encouraging how funny it really was. You know, of course you write certain things and you write them because you're having fun with it. But then to see that sort of reaction in the moment was fantastic. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 the trick of it now as I show it to, you know, just people that I trust, it's very interesting because... Th- it's a good thing because I'm not getting notes about story in the sense of like it's confusing, it drags, I don't like this character, like none of that stuff that that is, you know, sometimes that you do deal with, right? And this is more about like nitpicky of like, hey, maybe this scene played on too long, uh, maybe this scene didn't play, you know, was a little bit too quick, or like I would like to see more of this, and so. Where I'm, I'm in a high class problem where a lot of the notes are pretty much conflicting, you know, like it's basically like half the con- contingency will say, you know, uh, scene one, whatever, let's call it scene one, dragged a little bit. And the other half will say scene one was too fast. You can slow it down. And it's like, um, okay, that seems very conflicting, <laughs> right? And obviously I don't have enough of a large enough sample size and whatever, to to make that determination but you know you do these test screenings and and the, and the point is that 
you know, if there's just a consistent problem, you address those, right? Because they, because it, it's a thing, right? It keeps getting raised. And, you know, then you hear out everyone else and you make a determination of, is this a note I want to chase or not? And for the most part, like I was talking with my friend, Jeff Graham, you try to entertain everything, right? You don't, you don't dismiss it. Like, Hey, let's just see what this would lead to. You have that play. And so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try out the various things and see what fits. And, but ultimately like what's, what's interesting is because I'm at this phase of it, you know, I, the fact that it's working overall, I, I've also been in this position, like you, you just taught, you just take out one domino and the, th- the whole thing doesn't work or whatever. And so, or like, you know, you try to fix one thing and introduces 50 other problems, like whatever the case may be. So you have to be, you do have to be very careful with how you go about these things. Um, cause it's, it's, unfortunately it's not an exact science, right? It's, it's art. Um, it's all very subjective and not all art is going to be for everybody. Right. And so you just try to have the most consensus that you can and find the audience out there that, that is going to enjoy your movie, right? Um, I mean, I love blockbusters, don't get me wrong, but I also love movies that are so niche um, and and whatnot. And I also know that they're quite popular among a certain fan base, but, you know, they just aren't going to play for weeks on end in the movies or something like that, right? So you have to kind of keep those things in mind. And, and ultimately, for me, a big aspect of it is I... I you know, someone might make a suggestion and things like that. And, you know, I can look at that and be like, okay, I get where they're coming from. And what's the core of what they're, you know, because a lot of times, like when someone says something, you want to go, okay, you want to hear it and see what is that note really about, right? It's, it's almost like in storytelling, right? There's, there's um, what we say, and then there's a subtext of what we actually mean. And so, I say that because, you know, I know the, the layers and, and the intertwining of it all. And if I literally, like, just chase that note, then it would unravel quite a bit, right? It would introduce 50 more problems. But it, so instead, it's like, okay, what's that note really about? And how do I fix the root of the issue as opposed to the, just the symptom, right? Um, so kind of looking at it like that. And, you know, so in that sense, uh, in a way, I have to kind of take a leap on myself, you know, I had this vision from the start of what this could be. And, you know, while, you know, everyone was always very enthusiastic and stuff like that, but yes, you know, it'd be, you know, people had kind of questions throughout and rightfully so. Um, And so in that way, all I really did was help steer the ship and help guide everyone to you know, ultimately where I was navigating towards, right? Like I, I knew where we were going and as we're, you know, getting to this final piece, it's not like, you know, we, we took a wrong turn here and there, but ultimately we're getting to where we need to be. And so now it's just, um, you know, fully seeing, okay, what, what else, what are the minor adjustments um, that we need to make? And I kind of have to continue that, you know, and continue plotting that course and ultimately, you know, just taking that shot on myself. I mean, in an ideal world right now, the movie is about 100 minutes. Um, I mean, quite literally 100 minutes, so an hour and 40. In my perfect scenario, it would be like 95 to 97. Um, but, 
you know, I was talking with somebody else and it's like, well, you know, that used to be a lot more important. Uh, but in the days of streaming, if the movie wants to be a hundred minutes, then maybe that's what it is. And I'm going to try to like get it down to like 97. I mean, once you get to like, this is a pretty tight, um, version really overall, right? Even in spite of all the notes, like, you know, there's not, none of the notes have come back in and been like, you know, even if out, even if I took out the scenes that people suggested, right? Cause there's not a lot of them. Um, it would only get me like 40 seconds, you know, it would cut out 40 seconds. So that's the interesting part. We're not talking a, a lot. Um, so to cut out three minutes, that's quite an overhaul. You know, you're not doing that by, by what we call frame fucking, um, which is basically just small trims here and there. You're doing that cause you just, you just lift something completely out of it. And that's what I'm saying. Like the fabric of the movie then, you know, starts to get a little bit unraveled and I don't want to do. So I have to be very conscious of how I go about it. The other aspect that I was kind of thinking about, so I saw the Batman recently and without spoiling anything um, and without doing an in-depth review, you know, I look at that and I'm like, this didn't, you had three hours and you didn't complete a story. You just didn't, you know, and, and, and in that sense, it's interesting, like, the craft shines on all levels except for story. And they had a $200 million budget, whereas we did it for pennies. And, and it, not that I want art to be graded on a scale, but it's so interesting to me how oftentimes we, we just push down um, indie stuff because of its shortcomings when it's just a miracle that any of the stuff that got made. And I'm not just talking about movies. It could be... It could be books, it could be music, you know, anything of that nature, uh, photography, like whatever else, right? You know, when when you're doing something that's like, I wouldn't call it a hobby because, you know, you're putting in uh, the time and the effort, but when it's not your primary source of income and you're having to like, you know, do it essentially on the side uh, and, you know, you lack the, the resources, whether you know, equipment-wise, financially, certainly, time-wise as well, that to pull off any of it is a miracle. And then, you know, I look at, like, like I said, the Batman, and I'm not just the Batman, but but just in general, this idea, you have these movies that, you know, pretty much, for all intents and purposes, have all the resources in the world, and still don't, you know, and, and, but it's interesting to me how we're much more, like, critical of of indie stuff and their and its shortcomings than than anything else. So, and I don't know what the solution is. Like I said, I, it's not like I want art to be graded on a scale. I don't think it can be graded on a scale. Um, I do think you know the cream does rise to the top, sort of thing. But yeah, I don't. You know, it just it just got me thinking in that way. And I don't know. Maybe it's just like a sense of pride of knowing what we pulled off for essentially next to nothing. I mean. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'll crunch the uh, the fraction later of, you know, what our budget was compared to a $200 million budget, right? I mean, it's not even 1%. It's like, you know, a fraction of a fraction of a percent, really. And I'm damn proud of what we pulled off. So, um, so that's exciting. Um, and 
you know, the reason I did this test screen was I wanted to get some sort of last minute notes before submission to the Cannes Film Festival. You know, I would love to have like another week and, you know, um, like this deadline, not that it like came up on us unexpected, but, uh, but certainly it's just one of those things. I, I just wish we had more time on all fronts, but you know, deadline's a deadline and the Cannes Film Festival is my dream festival. And though it's a long shot, regardless, even if we had like the movie completed, you at the same time don't get accepted for anything if you don't apply. And so I was like, all right, well, let's just go for, you know, like they either see the merit that's there already in spite of, you know, like, yes, it's not complete, but it's normal to send a working copy of the film and they either like what's there or they were never going to, right? That's sort of my take on it. Um, And so, so it'll be interesting to see the feedback and the tough part is I don't know when you get a response. Like the festival itself is like, I believe like May, it starts on May 17th. So we would have to have the movie completed by then if we got in. And, you know, so right now, a couple of things. Uh, we're acting as if we got into the festival, right? Because if we do get the news that, hey, we're in, we want to be prepared for it. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, again, it would be amazing if we just had like two more weeks. Like if, if the festival was like at the end of May, it would be amazing, right? But, you know, if you get the good news that you're in the Cannes Film Festival by hella high water, you, 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 make, you make it happen, right? And that's what I told everybody. Like, let, you know, let's keep working on this. We'll do, you know, um, we won't, like, just go balls to the wall quite yet. But let's, let's keep working as if this is a deadline. And if we find out that we're in, then, you know, we're in the Cannes Film Festival. Game's on at that point. Like, whatever we got to do. Um, and I'm talking, you know... Not that I want to spend, like, recklessly or whatever else, but, like, we'll figure out a way, like, if we got to throw some money at the problem to get it done and whatever else, like, get get some more people involved and so forth. Like, you don't you don't not go to the Cannes Film Festival because you couldn't deliver your movie, right? Especially when, like, we're, we're this close, essentially, you know? Like, I mean, or in theory, we'd be off by, like, a week, you know? You... If two weeks was what we need more of, then it's like, all right, how do we how do we make up for that? How do we find the resources to you know speed this along so we make that deadline, right? And that's the idea. Or conversely, if we don't get in, then it's like, all right, we can ease off the gas pedal and and you know take our time, get some breathing room, and 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 take the time to to get it to where it needs to be, right? Um, so that's kind of the mentality we're going with. The interesting part is, you know, the Cannes Film Festival, you need, for a feature film, you need a physical submission. So a DVD, a, a beta cam, HD cam, a digital, digital cinema package, things of that nature, a Blu-ray. So I've chosen to make a DVD because um, A, it's the cheapest, and B, I have a DVD burner, right? I don't have a Blu-ray burner. And, and plus, even when you send the Blu-ray, you also have to send the DVD. Anyway, so... That's kind of what I've decided to do. And, and it's interesting because, A, I haven't <laughs> basically burned a DVD in almost a decade. So, And a lot of the programs, like Adobe had this great software called Encore, no longer in existence. So I had to find alternatives to create this DVD. And also at the same time, you know, just talking about like having a little bit more time, it's 
you know, the, the deadline itself, it's like the DVD has to get there by that date. It's not like I can postmark it by that date. It has to arrive by that point. So making sure that's all buttoned up and, and taken care of. So doing that um, and, you know, like I said, hopefully, like, they, if what they see they're enjoying, I don't, again, I don't, I don't think the stuff that we're talking about was going to be the make or break of it um, in terms of their decision to accept it or not. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the other aspect of things, you know, I just wanted to kind of mention this because um, I think it's really cool. There's a lot of people that, uh, that I've known within this industry and I'm really starting to see them come into their own. And it's amazing to have like witnessed essentially, or at least, you know, from the periphery, their journey, right? And especially because I know, I know the naysayers along the way, essentially. And, you know, not just like from afar and like distance, like some, there, there are people um, that I personally know that have like tried to deter some of these people and saying like they're fools, that's, that, that's stupid, that'll never work. And they were unwavering and now they're reaping the rewards. And it's amazing to really get to see that um, and be inspired by that. And I hope, um, you know, certain people have told me I'm kind of something like that for them. And, you know, whether or not, I, I mean, you know, if I am, that's, that's great. Um, that's not why I do it ultimately. But um, yeah, I mean, ultimately we all got to just like uplift each other and take inspiration from each other because it's a long and often, you know, many times lonely road. Cause I tell people all the time, you know, they, they like, I'll say, like, yeah, I've been working on this book or, you know, I'm working on this movie that we shot in Columbia. And people are like, oh, that's so, that sounds so amazing, whatever. I'm like, well, if it sounds so amazing, you'd probably be doing it um, because the sad, the, the, the reality of it is, like, yeah, there's there's exciting, like, the, the test screen was exciting and filming it was exciting. But, it, you know, just in general, A, it's also a lot of stress. And B, you know, most of the time it's just me siloed off by myself and trying to make things work, you know, and, and that's the unglamorous side. No different than like entrepreneurship really, or anything worth pursuing in life. Like there's, it's the, the stuff that we see of even just Instagram influencers or whoever, that's the tip of the iceberg, but the, the work that really goes into the culmination of things, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, you know? And so don't, whatever your passion is, don't be deterred ultimately is the point. And that's what I have for you today in this vlog. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. And as always, if you have any thoughts or questions about anything that I talked about or things you want to, you know, hear me talk about in the future, comment down below or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek. Likewise, if you uh, have specific questions and think I could be of benefit to you, my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Phil is a chance and an opportunity for us to connect on a more direct level. And so, you know, if that's of interest to you, by all means, go right ahead. Um, likewise, you know, I talk about my art in these blogs. Well, I published and output some of this stuff. So, you know, you can check out my books. You can check out my first movie. It's all in the description box. Supporting that stuff helps 
just support this in general because you know by getting to get do that i can relay my experiences and lessons and you know help you out right so it all, it all is ultimately symbiotic so um, if you're curious to check those out and want to support me i encourage you to do so thank you so much i appreciate you and hope to see you next time